Welcome to the Vibe with Susan podcast. I'm Susan, and this channel is for those who wish to follow the path of the heart. My mission is to introduce fresh perspectives that challenge outdated paradigms and provoke a deeper understanding of ourselves and the hidden forces that block us from living our fullest expression. We talk about all things energy, honoring our heart's calling, and how to break free from our programming so we can open ourselves up more fully to life. So if this is your vibe, a warm welcome and thanks for being here. Welcome to the second episode of the Vibe with Susan podcast. In this episode, I use the metaphor of dancing, sharing a personal experience to shed some light on where in our relationships we might be wanting to experience more intimacy, but we're sabotaging it by avoiding opportunities to be in a space of vulnerability. I was chatting recently with a friend who's also a member of the local salsa and bachata dance community here in Playa del Carmen, and I was telling her how I don't like to ask the really good bachata dancers, like the best ones, to dance because I feel like I don't know enough of the moves. And she's like, no, no, you want to dance with the best. That's how we grow. And just hearing her say that, I was like, yeah, actually, thank you for the important reminder. That's so true. How was I not seeing it that way? Because in just about any other area of my life, that's exactly how I roll. Yet here I was choosing to only approach dancers within my comfort zone who were not challenging me at all. And then I thought about how this dynamic applies so much to relationships. I mean, it applies to a lot of areas in life. It might be something that you're experiencing in your business where we're hiding, avoiding opportunities for fear of being seen. But in the context of relationships, there are a lot of similarities because we're also in an intimate dance with another person. If we want to be close with someone, live with them, sleep in the same bed together, raise children together, spend the rest of our lives together, we're in a dance. Sometimes we'll be in full alignment. Our energies will just meld together into one and things will just be flowing and feeling really magical, where your focus is completely on your connection, how much you enjoy each other's company, how much you value and appreciate each other. And other times, we're going to trigger each other. Our steps will be out of sync. There'll be times when we can't feel each other because we're too caught up in the story in our heads. That triggering process is going to happen no matter how conscious two people are. Because relationships are designed for us to trigger each other into growth and healing, which is why we tend to attract people who aggravate our deepest wounds. If we want to grow in our relationships so that we're not facing the same problems over and over, so we can open into even deeper levels of love and connection, we need to be willing to face the parts of ourselves that we might not want to look at. The parts of us that feel a little bit vulnerable because they expose our deepest fears. Fear of abandonment, 
fear of closeness, fear of rejection, fear of not being good enough. We can either get really curious about our relating patterns and through this awareness make a conscious effort to change them, or we can choose to close ourselves off and go into defensive mode and just keep playing out our same patterns and the same relationship dynamics over and over in different partners and wondering why we keep attracting the same types of situations. Because there's no hiding from ourselves when we're in a space of intimacy with another person. Our stuff is going to come up. We can change partners, but we can't change the reflection that's staring back at us. And life has this beautiful way of continuing to point us back to whatever we're avoiding in ourselves. One of the ways that we give our power away in life is when we romanticize the outcome of what we want, but we might be avoiding the opportunities that will actually get us closer out of fear. For example, I would love to become a better bachata dancer. And I watch videos of some of the best bachata dancers from around the world. And I'll be like, wow, I'd love to dance like that. I was romanticizing the outcome But by not asking the really skilled dancers, I was avoiding the opportunity of putting myself in a position of vulnerability where I can see the parts of myself that need work. Yet, that's how we learn. That's how we get better. I would only ask the men who I felt comfortable dancing with. And by avoiding the dance altogether, I was taking it too seriously. We take things seriously not just by getting coaching and practicing and committing to excellence. We're also taking things seriously by getting so stuck in our head that we avoid the dance altogether. One is a healthy kind of seriousness that's characterized by commitment, trust, and play. The other is more of a dysfunctional kind of seriousness, which stems from fear indecisiveness, and manifests as a need for control. In relationships, a common desire is for more intimacy. If you ask a whole bunch of people, most people will say yes to wanting more intimacy. But do you really? Because intimacy is closeness. And physical closeness is only one part of that. There's also emotional intimacy. Emotional intimacy is about truth. And the truth is intimidating and confronting for many people. A lot of people don't want to go there. Not necessarily because of what we'll uncover in our partner, but because of what we're afraid we'll uncover in ourselves when we get naked and swim in the waters of transparency with someone whose opinion and validation is important to us. When we're brave enough to unveil the parts of us that we thought we had to keep hidden away to win their approval, and allowing our partner to fully see us through their own lens, that's being naked in the true sense of the word, not just in the flesh. The closer we get to someone the more of ourselves they're going to reflect back to us. 
Are we ready for that? I believe that being seen so intimately by someone can be a portal to our deepest source of safety and fulfillment in a relationship. Something that we've actually been craving our whole lives, whether we're conscious of that or not. Because it's a part of our self-expression. And even the parts of us that we do show to the world are not necessarily even who we really are. Often it's a mask we wear. We show the world what we think we need to show in order to be liked, accepted, successful, or to avoid anyone having an opinion about us. So it can be a source of safety to be witnessed so intimately. It can also trigger our deepest fears. How we experience such a level of intimacy is greatly impacted by two things. Firstly, the relationship we have with ourselves. Our willingness to confront our own shadows with acceptance and compassion. And secondly, it also depends on our partner's capacity to be able to hold us in our vulnerability which depends on their ability to be able to do that for themselves. We can only meet someone as deeply as we've met ourselves. This is why it's a common pattern for many of us to choose partners that feel more comfortable so that they don't trigger our insecurities. Yet if we want to actually grow together, we all know that nothing grows inside the comfort zone. It's like looking through a magnifying glass and hoping that the things you like will appear bigger and the things you don't like will stay far away. It doesn't work that way. Intimacy brings us closer to the whole person. If we think the mark of success in a relationship is the absence of any kind of conflict, it's most likely that we're probably avoiding having the uncomfortable conversations that actually lead to deeper understanding and intimacy. The dance that a lot of us are dodging is the dance of vulnerability. And I believe that a big reason why we avoid having these types of conversations is because we're already predicting the moves based on our past experiences. We're expecting to be hurt criticized or abandoned. And then we might find ourselves going into defensive mode before we've even had a conversation, filling our headspace with stories and assumptions so we have no space available to receive and hear the other person. And whatever narrative we keep repeating to ourselves, that is shaping our experience. The story that I was running about dancing with the really great dancers was I'm not going to be able to pick up his cues for how he wants to move me. I need to be perfect. I'm going to look like a fool. He's going to regret having asked me to dance. Any man watching would not want to dance with me either. Of course that narrative made me feel nervous in my head and disconnected from my body where I would actually be able to feel his cues so I switched up the narrative. I changed it to, I love how dancing with really good dancers forces me to become more present 
I love how it keeps me on my toes. The most important thing is to have fun, just enjoy it. And my body relaxed. I felt more at ease with myself. I got into the flow. I looked forward to the dance instead of fearing it. I had less men pulling a face when I missed a move. Yeah, that actually is a thing. (laughs) And more men just smiling and surprising me by wanting to dance another song with me because my energy had changed. If we want to become a better dancer, that's not going to happen just by hearing someone complimenting us on what we're doing well. Might be a great boost for our ego, but we're not going to grow. We'll just keep repeating the same moves and never developing ourselves any further. If I'm dancing with someone who isn't helping me to grow, it might feel more comfortable, but I don't feel activated. I don't feel as connected. I don't feel quite as alive. When we're predicting our partner's moves in advance, it's a lot more difficult to be present. I notice that I'm just going through the motions. And that's really the price we pay for choosing comfort as a way of avoiding our fears. We sacrifice the true fulfillment and deep connection that comes from being really present and having the courage to be vulnerable with someone who's fully committed and willing to go deep with us. Getting bare getting real, the kind of next level connection that is possible when you have two people being really authentic with each other. For me personally, I'm so attracted to a man who can lovingly call me out on my BS. It gives me a feeling of safety to have clarity on how they see me and never having to wonder if I'm being silently judged. I think it's also super interesting to learn about patterns that we didn't even know we had because we're not just in relationship with another person. We're in a relationship with ourselves through the other person. I love feeling like I'm becoming a better person through the partner that I'm with. If we desire to be the best partner we can be, we need a partner who's willing to meet us in truth who's willing to call us into a more conscious version of ourselves. And that's what it is. It's not even calling each other out. It's calling each other in from a place of genuine love. And that's true honouring. We might think that honouring is just about laying on compliments, but it's not. It's being witnessed by someone fully to be witnessed in our light and shadow. When it's delivered in the right way, this can be a really beautiful gift that allows us to own more of who we are and invites us to own more of our expression. We get to see ourselves from another angle because the subjective view that we have of ourselves with all of our filters only tells one part of the story. If we're the one that's sharing our perspective, we have a responsibility to speak our words with love and grace. Criticizing is not honoring. 
And if we're receiving their perspective, we need to be able to be open to receive that. Assuming, of course, that the person is not being abusive and they're coming from a pure and loving intention. Because if they're not, then that's a different story. So our capacity to experience more intimacy is proportionate to our capacity to meet ourselves in truth. And when we have a partner who feels safe for us to be vulnerable with, there's an increase in trust that happens that we both get to benefit from. And trust opens the door to intimacy. The days of falling in love are disappearing. Now we are rising in love. This is the new way. And I know that sounds a bit cliche, but what I mean is that instead of the old, outdated view of relationships symbolising the end of our freedom and something that's going to limit you, we're entering into a new domain where it can actually be the most beautiful union where we both support each other to fulfil our highest potential. And when you both have that commitment to each other, there is so much potential for love and passion and connection in that relationship to grow. But both people have to want that. Both partners have to have a mutual desire to understand each other. I truly believe that in any relationship, not just romantic, one of the biggest differences between a mediocre and an extraordinary relationship is a mutual desire for understanding from a place of appreciation and curiosity. There are so many layers to this and there are many reasons why we might avoid being in a space of physical or emotional intimacy with someone. A lot of it relates to childhood trauma from the family dynamics that we experienced in our early years. Maybe we were abandoned or abused and we learned that it's not safe to be physically or emotionally close with someone. Maybe a mother was absent and we learned that we'd be neglected when expressing our emotions or a father who was emotionally unavailable. So we attract emotionally unavailable men because that's what feels familiar. There are various approaches that we could take to learn to feel more comfortable and more safe with opening up to intimacy with someone. My personal recommendation, if you're wanting to resolve some blocks that you have in this area, especially if the concept of healing inner child wounds is unfamiliar to you, is to seek the services of a professional like a therapist or a coach who knows exactly how to guide you through this process. There are other techniques and modalities that you could experiment with like breath work or plant medicine, but that could also be supplementary because if you rely on that on its own and you're not really sure what you're doing, you might open things up without necessarily creating the healing transmission that you would get through a guided process with someone who's experienced in this area. We've all experienced trauma to some degree. An abandonment wound can come from being left alone in the car for five minutes while our mum ran into the shop when we were two years old. 
but for some it's more severe than others and there may be some very deep healing work that's required here. So it's imperative that we use discernment, compassion and care to create a space of safety when we're dealing with the inner child wounds of other humans. And when we're dealing with our own triggers to also be mindful of the narrative that we're telling ourselves. If we're being invited into a space of intimacy with someone and the narrative that we're creating in our head is that we're not good enough, we need to be perfect, we'll make things more serious than it needs to be. We make things serious just by avoiding the dance altogether and staying on the sidelines because we're in our head and creating stories from fear instead of possibility. And then we might miss out on a wonderful opportunity, not because there was anything wrong with us, but because we let our fear run the show and we forgot that we're in a dance together. Growth and play are not mutually exclusive. They're both essential elements of living a fulfilling life. So the question I want to leave you with is this. Is there an area of your life where you are dodging the dance of vulnerability out of fear of making a wrong move? And what could be possible if you were to be brave and step away from the sidelines, go where you've been avoiding going, to face your fears with curiosity, playfulness, and trust? What if the only wrong move was making no move at all? And what if the thing that actually mattered more than anything else is that we remember to enjoy the dance? Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and it inspired you to keep your heart open. Make sure to subscribe to my channel so you don't miss future episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and leave a review. You can also find me on Instagram at Vibe with Susan. Thank you for being here with me. I appreciate you. Lots of love. Until next time.